You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. Welcome to the Locked On Hornets podcast. We are coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. If you're in sales and need help, visit Gittimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do, and that's make more sales. Make sure you are following us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets and on Facebook, facebook.com slash Locked On Hornets. You can find myself on Twitter at Walker Mail, Doug at Doug Branson NBA, and not, not, at Nada the Scribe. What up, what up? We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Visit LockedOnSports.com to check out all of our podcasts, the NBA, NFL, MLB, and Fantasy Sports. So we'll talk about Kemba Walker and his possibility that he'll remain a Charlotte Hornet for the remainder of next season. Mitch Kupchak coming out with some comments about how important he is within the community and to this team, quote, the focus of the Charlotte Hornets. So we'll talk about those comments or uh, later on in the show today. Also, we got to get to the 26th best Charlotte Hornet of all time. We got to get to the best 26th beer of all time in Charlotte history. We missed out on that on Friday, talking about the Miles Bridges selection. So we'll try to catch up a little bit. Let me tell you, I got a ton of emails right here just blasting us for skipping out on our responsibility to the lists. Are they angry? We'll give them, we'll give the people what it's they not want. Like, it's not like we had anything big happen the day before. I mean... It's not like we had anything big. Nothing bigger than the 26th best Charlotte Hornet of all time. I'll tell you that much right now. That should be okay. number one on everyone's to-do list is to listen to that exact moment when I reveal the 26th best Charlotte Hornet of all time. And then we can get Doug's best Charlotte beer of all time. But that he copied from somebody else's list. It, it's his exclusive list that is not his list. So we'll go into today. Basically, the only thing that we have left to do for this offseason in the NBA, and that's free agency. So we take care of the playoffs. We took care of the NBA draft. We'll get to the awards tonight. But why? Then have why, the are we, why are we getting to the awards tonight? That's amazing to me. Why are why the NBA so long? I know. awards it's, it's ridiculous. are tonight? It like, makes literally. no sense. Yeah. Does anyone care about the award? I don't care about the MVP anymore. Do well, you? We, we've, we've gotten to the point where it's almost out of, it, it's out of relevance now. It's so long, and it. This is the only time. They, this is the second time they did it. They did it, and the first time they did it was last year. I don't know why they decided to do this again. Where you wait so long, right? right. Like, is no, that where you're going with? Right. No yeah. one has been talking about the most valuable player. No one's been talking about a tight race for no. most improved player. No one's even having those conversations at all because everything is dominated by the draft. Why would you want to hide? this into in a bushel essentially yeah there's about so how many how many days how many weeks did we have when the finals were over till we got to the draft was it about was it a week about and two weeks two weeks something weeks. like that and they could have held it in the middle of that not that you could really gauge when that was going to end it could be a seven game series who knows but still not exactly the greatest timing from them but we'll move on so you have free agency approaching basically just one week a week from yesterday that free agency will be here, and all eyes will be on LeBron James f- from a national standpoint. All eyes will be on the Paul Georges, even the Kawhi Leonard's, to see if there could be a possible trade somewhere. That's still going to be a storyline that dominates this NBA offseason. But here in Charlotte, they got Miles Bridges in the NBA draft. They also got Devontae Graham, a backup point guard in this draft. And backup point guard, probably one of the positions that you've constantly looked at with this team over the past couple of seasons, trying to figure out how to address the absence of Jeremy Lin. Kemba Walker has been a guy that anytime he's gone to the bench, you've held your breath for whoever's going to come out and try to be the ball handler for that team. 
You've had to cringe every single time he went to go get some rest. And because of that, Steve Clifford would have to throw him back out there because it was the only chance, really, that Charlotte Hornets had a chance to win. So they at least address a backup point guard with the selection of Devontae Graham. He, he says, at least, Kupchak discusses that he will have every opportunity to compete, and they use two second-rounders to try to trade up and get him at 34 overall. So maybe Devontae Graham is a guy that goes in there and competes. Still, though, Mitch Kupchak also agreed that you still have to go out there and find another potential ball handler. You're not done. You're still trying to bring in a veteran. So there are some guys to be had out there. About $8 million to work with, with the, for this team right now. You're thinking what? Two players? You're not going to spend $8 million all on one. So are you thinking about two that you're bringing in from free agency with an impact? Maybe. I thought two at first. We had gone over that it's probably going to be two guys that you're going to split with 8.3. I think you're good with one, and then you're good with the guy on a two-way contract. Probably the big. Well, if you're able to get one, then you're able to enter a different tier of player. If you're able to use double the money, if you split it, right, then you're able to get a different tier of player, and I think that would be good. But I would expect them to use two. If they use one, then fine. I would expect them to go for two, and we'll see if a backup point guard is on that list. Is that the first still, despite a Devontae Graham, it's still a second-round pick, but is that still the number one position you look at as far as a need as a free agent to bring into this team? I think so, certainly. I think it's backup point guard and then maybe just another big uh, because they, they trade Dwight Howard, they bring in Mozgov. Is Mozgov in their long-term plans? We don't know that well, He's yet. ahead of Hurting Gomez on the death chart, though, so you got Mozgov <laughs> backup, and then you have Hurting Gomez third string. Right. That's a, that's a point of contention between <laughs> me and the fans. It is. But, uh, yeah, so I think that's, a, that's another need they could address as well, and a lot will depend on how flexible they think Miles Bridges can be between that three and the four position. Do they think he's exclusively a four at first, or do they think he's exclusively a three at first? Do they need to go out and look at another wing? There are a lot of things that they could look at, and we still haven't even addressed the possibility that they do sign Devontae Graham, and that's going to suck a little bit of that money as well. This is also very true. The one thing I would also add to this discussion is, remember, the Hornets created a $7 million trade exception as well. And that kicks in officially July 6th. So the trade market may be a little bit more active. It may be a garbage in, garbage out deal. But there could be a chance that we trade for a guy because we have the money in a trade exception to suck something in or, or suck a contract in and possibly stay away from the luxury tax as well. And is this $8 million that they have to work with, that's not including Miles Bridges, right? So you would have to figure out something after that, correct? So Miles Bridges' contract would factor into that as well, if I'm not mistaken. So you would be looking at the one and a half to $3 million type range that Miles Bridges would be getting, if I'm not mistaken about that. So really, you're not you're not looking at $8 million. You're probably looking about five and a half, something around that area to go spend I th- on it for I agent. think we're, for, again, it's not cap space. Remember, it's just the mid-level exception, and they're still eligible, even with all these contracts, to sign all these guys and still maintain the 8.3 mid-level exception. So if they're able to do that still, then that would certainly help them to try to figure out a backup point guard or a you know possible players about $4 million apiece if they wanted to get two and you wanted to split that average. So if you're able to do that, backup point guard would certainly be the guy. Is there any backup point guards that really stick out in your mind that'll be out there? I have a few when you look at them. There's a couple of guys that would be around that price range. There's a couple of guys I think would be just a little too much money for them, but there are some guys that pique my interest. And I'll start with some of the guys that I have on my list. And not I know you're high on them as well. Alfred Payton is someone I think mm-hmm. you have to take a look at. 
it, it makes sense as far as a point guard with size. The idea that when you have Malik Monk on this team, I think you're always going to somewhat favor, at least at least look at, someone with size to pair along with him in the backcourt. Alfred Payton provides that for you. It's someone that has triple-double type numbers, right? I mean, like a, a light triple-double. Yes. He's going to be able to get you maybe double-digit points, depending on how many minutes he gets. You know, five, six assists, five, six rebounds. I mean, he can contribute in a lot of different ways. I just think Alfred Payton would probably be a little too much money for the Charlotte Hornets. That, to pay. That's probably the case. You only get him on a got on a one year try it deal, prove it deal. And with his numbers, thirteen, he had 30, 37 from three last year, six assists. His best statistical year was last year with Orlando. Now, granted, those numbers kind of fell off later in the year when he got traded to Phoenix. But he's going to be one of those guys, if you feel like you can get him on a one-year prove-it deal and then convince him that, hey, there's going to be a lot more money next summer, which there will be because there are going to be a lot of teams that that will have survived the t- summer of 2016 spending spree right. and will have a whole bunch of money left. That's the guy, that's the guy that you want. Whether you actually get him, completely different. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't think they do. I just think he's going to be too much money. But that's the number one guy I think you look at. And Agreed. When you look at the guys that are available at this, you know, Alfred at this position, at, at that point guard position, Alfred Payton really atop the list. There's just not too many great point guards out there. Other guys I mentioned, now I'm sacrificing size on this, but Yogi Ferrell, he's a restricted free agent, so they would be able to match whatever kind of offer – that the Hornets were able to throw at him. But Yogi Ferrell is someone that I think I'd be very comfortable with handling the ball, coming in to be somewhat of a scoring punch. I would like Yogi Ferrell to come in off in uh, off the bench and really help out when Kemba's on the bench. Agreed. The only issue is Dallas is like one of the seven teams, I believe, that do in fact have cap space. And they're going to be able to, like you said earlier, they're going to be able to match whatever it is. And for a guy that they've developed, a guy that they've drafted, and a guy that they're going to want to build this nucleus of – Doncic and DSJ around there there's going to be something to be said about developing your own core within and, Dallas right now and I wonder because Seth Curry also yes. a guy that could be brought back to that Dallas organization I wonder if they value Yogi Ferrell enough to bring him back and be the third string point guard I wonder if they value Seth Curry enough to be along that backcourt I wonder if they choose between Seth- them it's funny you mention that because I think Seth Curry is the one guy. If you're going to talk about getting a guard from Dallas mm-hmm. for cheap next year, I think Seth Curry is the guy that you're going to have to look at. Because, But the the other problem with that, unfortunately, becomes are you going to be able to do that and have Malik Monk run the point? Because Seth is truly just a two-guard. Sure. He's, he's undersized, too. He's not a point guard. Yeah, sure. It's not going to be the guy that comes in and handles the ball for you. And one other point guard that I have on this list that would fit the size and kind of be young and maybe have a little bit of upside in him, and that's Andrew Harrison, a restricted free agent from the Grizzlies. He's 6'5". It is someone that can contribute in a lot of different areas in the box, in the box score, and it's someone that did have five 20-point outings in his season last year in the 2017-2018 season with the Grizzlies. So maybe some possible upside there as well. Andrew Harrison might be a guy that you take on not very much money at all, and perhaps you could bring his uh, brother also, uh, Aaron Harrison. No, 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 no. leave Aaron alone. Well, no, you're not bringing him in, but you could bring him the other Harrison brother to be part of this Hornets organization just like Aaron used to be. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, that's that's the risk you run, though, right? That they could pull the old switcheroo, and and the Hornets end up with Aaron again. No, well, no, no, no. Please, please, I don't think we need Aaron Harrison back here. But again, Andrew, right? Maybe that is the risk you run. But again, Andrew Harrison, I think would be a fine addition for them. I think that would be a lot. I think that would make a lot of sense. It would again. You're always looking at size when you have Malik Monk on this team. Andrew yes. Harrison would address that, and I think it is somebody that has at least a, an opportunity to go out and give you some buckets. Again, 20-point games he's able to give you. He showed that with the Grizzlies last season. Speaking of size, how about Raymond Felton? There you go. One of the best. Little dear, Bobcats reunion. Dear God, no. You are one of the biggest Raymond Felton haters I know. No. And it's not, and not a lot of people love him, right? I'm just saying you, I've not heard many positive things out of Raymond Felton from you. It, it, again, when you get wiped out dr- dr- in dramatic fashion, by Jameer Nelson in the playoff game. <laughs> and, like, literally. Was that his all-star season, though? Was that Jameer's all-star season? It, it might have been. It might have Jameer been. Jameer was balling then. Jameer man. was balling, but at the same time. Give Ray some slack, Nada. Right, again, that was that was a pillar-to-post beating. How are you going to feel when he appears on this list? Oh. <laughs> Top 30 horn Jameer of Jameer Nelson also available. Last earned $7 million as opposed to Raymond Whose last his last season made two point three million, and you know what's funny, and that could there have been was, two million too much. There were there were some games that Raymond was actually productive last season. Yeah, one of them against the Hornets, I might add. Right, like Raymond actually kind of balled out a couple of times, and you know, lower your expectations of balling out for a backup point guard at his age and size, but still, Raymond was actually able to come in off the bench, and you would see it during those games. It's funny to see NBA Twitter. Not go crazy, but mention, hey, Raymond Felton, good job tonight. Like, people actually start to notice it a little bit. Exactly. A little golf. It's a little bit of a golf clap, and then someone tries to find a jelly donut for him later. <laughs> That's it. And then he eats it uh, immediately. If you want to support our show and the amazing people that put it together, consider joining our Patreon community. For as little as $1 a month, you can help us keep making the Daily Hornets content that you've come to trust. Go to patreon.com slash LOH. There's a link in the description of this episode. Get double entries into our contest and access to content before anyone else patreon.com slash loh every dollar goes to making this the best hornets talk in all of charlotte real quickly before we go to break we talked about the backup point guards you guys think possibly a backup four as well that you would go explore in the free agency market possibly but i would i would look if we're going to do that if the hornets are going to do that i would suggest just doing a two-way contract with a guy something like a Matthew but he can actually contribute you know yeah, I, I think that would be fine to bring in and, and spend what money you had on on some kind of guy to bring in. I would look at a shooter and how about Doug. Anthony Tolliver? <laughs> and Another Bobcats for you. I just want to bring would, back I, all the Bobcats. Honestly, I would love to see Anthony Tolliver here. Made five point two million dollars last season. Would probably earn less this season. I would one agree. Would think. I would agree. I wouldn't hate it. I, would, I, I wouldn't hate it on Anthony Tolliver here on a league minimum. No. According to Hoops Hype, he converted a career best one hundred and fifty nine three pointers. Last season, one of the most accurate stretch fours in the NBA is a member of the Detroit Pistons, unrestricted. And I was looking at some of the shooters that were available as well, and I think the first shooter that really popped up, it was Marco Bellinelli. I was like, <laughs> no, thank you. We're all right. Did we like the Marco Bellinelli experiment here no. in Charlotte, or are we glad that he's kind of gone? I, I, I'm one of those that's kind of glad he's uh, gone. One of the, I, one of the only players that has blocked Locked on Hornets on Twitter. Did he block this? <laughs> yeah. He blocked this. I, did, what, some, did, for did some we hate on him? Did we come at him for something, or? So I may have said, and I didn't at him or anything like that, but I may have said that his defense on LeBron James at one point resembled 
that of a potted plant. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, you know. You could have at least used Chia Pet. It was a it was a nice potted plant. It was a beautiful potted plant. Like it was pretty. It was like foreign. It was like an Italian potted plant. I don't know what an Italian plant could be in there, but. But it, either I mean, way, either it, way it just oregano. stood there. Yeah, maybe. Maybe you could just kind of put some food in there. But LeBron basically went to work. He fed off of Marco Bellinelli's potted plant. Yeah. Delicious. And then he blocked us. That's funny. I'm glad, I'm surprised. I mean, you didn't add him or anything. So he was able to still I find just said it. Marco. I didn't even yeah. include the last name. Well, you, you could have been it talking was, listen, about somebody hey, else. Hey, play. Savvy work there by <laughs> Marco Bellinelli. All right, we'll take a quick break. One of the uh, few ones he made in Charlotte. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We'll Ooh. take a quick break. Right. And we'll come back with more here on the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. And Doug, don't you have an Eldon Campbell like stuffed animal type thing? Yes, I do. I got it at the last regular season home game that they had before they left for New Orleans. I, look, I love me some Eldon Campbell, but is that, is they, that the they were just they were clearing everything out of the house because it was whatever they gave to the fans that night. They didn't have to take with them to New Orleans. Get more Hornets analysis on LockedOnHornets.com. Walker Mail, Nada Edwards, Doug Branson joining you here on the Locked On Hornets podcast. Kemba Walker, the focus of Charlotte. I think we would all agree. Yeah. Mitch Kupchak, he agrees as well. Mitch Kupchak's comments saying, quote, going forward in the community, in the franchise, Kemba Walker is a player that we hope is with us, not only for the next couple of years, but ends his career here. And again, does call him the focus of of the Charlotte Hornets. And I think we would all agree on that. And I talked with Brendan Marks today on the wake-up call. And we asked him about Kemba Walker. And he agreed that he is the focus, but also that people may get it twisted when thinking he's the focus, but maybe it doesn't mean that he's not untouchable. And I think when you look at some of these returns that you could possibly get, Perhaps he would be on the move, but certainly it is a guy that even National NBA is is taking recognition of because it is someone that could possibly be dealt still, even after the draft. And, and you were looking hard at the Charlotte Hornets to see if Kimba would be traded. But even after the draft now, you're still starting to see pieces by Bleacher Report, by a couple of other NBA outlets that consider Kimba Walker a very real possibility to get dealt. I know Bleacher Report possibly, I forget who wrote it, but uh, it was someone who said, Kimball Walker's addition to the Cavs might be the only thing that could save LeBron James staying in Cleveland. Yeah, I heard I heard that one, and I kind of, like, I, I'm not going to lie, I kind of laughed, because Kimball Walker's not going to be the reason that LeBron James stays. LeBron James is going to stay. The only reason he stays is because of Savannah James. Savannah James just says, I am not moving to L.A., despite the fact we have a $32 million mansion. <laughs> right. Like, so Savannah James has more pull than Kemba Walker. Yeah, should we put that to the people? Yes, we should put it on the poll. We should put we should put that on the poll. Who has more say in LeBron's future, Savannah or Kemba? Yeah, I would probably go with Savannah as well. And I would agree. I don't think Kemba going to Cleveland is going to make him stay in Cleveland, but it would at least be some kind of shot. And I wonder how desperate Cleveland would get to where they're trying to throw any kind of talent at LeBron James at all, saying, look, we have Kemba here on a one-year deal. Do you want to come in, try to go after it one more time, and then we could try to work else around you? Because automatically that roster is a decent amount better. You know, Kemba comes on that roster and is immediately the second or third best player on that team, depending on how much you value second. Kevin. But And fine, 
But certainly, there there is a huge drop from Kevin and Kemba to whoever else you you're, you've got. And I agree. I and I agree. But the thing that I would tell you is, Cody Altman said over the weekend, and I don't know if you caught this comment, but he was like, when they during the uh, Sexton press conference, he said, "We are for the first time in a long time in right. the player development business." And when you when you put out a quote like that, that tells me that hey, look, LeBron. We're going to be fine without you, and most likely we're expecting you not to come back. I would still expect them to try. I would ex- still expect them if they have the opportunity to explore something with Kimba. Like I, I don't think this is a, a dead, dead talk here between these two. I, I think it's dead because I think if you're the Hornets, the only thing that ever intrigued you about any kind of deal was the eight pick and the pick the guy. You don't that think you Colin is intriguing to them? I don't think Colin is as intriguing as people seem to think he is. Come on, LeBron. Come on, let's do it. Yeah. Come on, LeBron. Yeah, he kept saying that, didn't he? Let's do it. <laughs> exactly. He did keep let's saying that. Let's make a run. That. But I don't think he's – I don't. I honestly don't think Colin Sexton, as a, even from the Hornets' perspective, because you have no assets that are really worth getting from them. Sexton is nice, but he's unproven. The bigger thing is the Hornets wouldn't have been able to dictate who they wanted at 8 and 12. Yeah. And more importantly – they could have probably package eight and twelve and moved up somewhere to get the guy they really wanted for their future. So I do not believe that they're really that interested in sex. And I don't think like LA and, and we can get into this a little bit later. I think LA has much more attractive trade packages for Kemba Walker. Well, and, and that's because they just have more assets. Yes. I mean, Cleveland has Colin, and that is it. If you look at the LA Lakers, I mean, they even have Josh. They even have Josh Hart. A guy exactly. that can come in as a second round pick and help you a little bit. I mean, they they have a, a they have, ton of young talent. Exactly. If you're telling me, if you're telling, if you're the Lakers and you call and you already have a Paul George in the fold already, you, and you, they, they're calling for a guy like they're calling for Kemba, and the Lakers call for Kemba will be like Lonzo, Josh Hart for Kemba, which works financially. The Hornets, you have to almost have to do that. Uh, <laughs> NBA Satchel's here. NBA oh, I bet you had some interesting comments to say on that uh, possible trade no. proposal there. Not Walker. as interesting as this. But it will have to wait. We've got the Satchel of NBA LOLs here for us. And if you're new to the show, the Satchel, we, res- we always respect the Satchel when we hear the, when we hear the sound hit. And it is a Satchel full of NBA funny things from around the league. We pull one out, and we have to talk about it, okay? Yes. Let me reach way down into the satchel here. Pull one out. The satchel never comes when he calls, but it'll always be on time. Oh, my God. And this one has to do with the the guy that we were just talking about, Paul George. Yes. I don't know if you guys have read about this, but apparently this is breaking news. His free agent recruitment has leaked from the from the Los Angeles Lakers, the Lakers working on recruiting Paul George, and their pitch to Paul George has leaked to the media. This, this is, is from Sports shameful. Illustrated. The pitch is entitled Two Dreams." <laughs> <laughs> I've got the text right here. I please can, read it. Can, you, Dramatic you, reading, please. Would you like a reading, Walker? You're the pod dad. Uh, you no, know, I feel free. Be creative with this. Have fun with it. And I mean, I don't think this is something that you read in a mundane voice. I think you have to read whatever we're getting here. I mean, this is this is poetry. This is a this is a 
well scripted, maybe not well scripted, well, it should well, have been well edited, scripted. but maybe it is a at least an attempt at poetry in order to try to get Paul George here to come to the LA Lakers. So by all means, read it like a poet, Doug. All right, here we read go. Read it like an artist. Two dreams. When you were just a kid in your room dreaming from Palmdale, we were dreaming too. <laughs> While you dreamt, we built, built for your arrival. And while we dreamt, you built too, becoming one of the world's greatest, greatest, greatest. <laughs> Life's most powerful dreams are the ones we realize ourselves, the ones that turn us into legends. That kid from Palmdale always knew it. Now the world will too. And that's it. That's it. That's the, that's the poem. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Great job, yeah, Doug. Great Fantastic job. job. So that is the thing that is supposed to bring Paul George, NBA All-Star, to the L.A. Lakers. That script right there, read in a more of a Jamie Foxx-type voice It's supposed before to. I'd rather go to Morgan Freeman. And who was the other Denzel. narrator? And like, Denzel Washington. So, and again, the reference there made. When you were just a kid is, in your room, <laughs> dreaming from Palmdale. Is that Morgan Freeman? Yeah. That's the best one I have. Is that, <laughs> does that even qualify as a limited Morgan Freeman? That's my limited Morgan Freeman. <laughs> does, does, it, does it get into the realm of the it's limited Morgan Freeman? This whole thing is weird. So when you were just a kid in your room dreaming from Palmdale, we were dreaming too. So uh, they're insinuating that while Paul George was a kid, the Lakers were dreaming about him being a Laker. Now, mind you, th- now – Technically, if they're talking about it like this, this is the, like the third strike on tampering, right? Dreaming about a kid before he's even NBA eligible, right? That's right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. like Magic is, Magic is so good at tampering that he was doing this before Paul was out of the way. While he was sleeping in his bedroom. This is creepy. When you were just a kid in your room dreaming from Palmdale. That's scarier than Hereditary. We were dreaming too. Absolutely. Like literally, this is like a script from Friday the thirteenth. Yeah, it's it's a weird it's a weird pitch. I wonder if that had any kind of attractiveness to it for Paul George. I wonder if any kind of uh, any any of this where Paul George sees this league. By the way, does anybody think it's a joke? I mean, Paul George is going to the Lakers, right? Like I don't think so now. No. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think with so. that script. Okay. No, 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 not even that. Because literally, if this is your script and this is leaking <laughs> before you're even doing anything. Like the NBA's got to at least take a look at this and be like, "Hey guys, we told you. This is the third time we've told you stop tampering with Paul George." Because if you're if you're the Bennett's, like literally, you have to be kind of annoyed by this. I wonder if it's going to come down on the Lakers though with this thing being leaked. I mean, and again, it's not like they it, it doesn't do them any favors that this thing is leaked, right? I mean, no, that, absolutely not. So why – I don't know if you can punish the Lakers anymore. It's punishment enough that this thing got out to the public. No, no, no. You can punish the. You can punish them enough. <laughs> I mean – You can I, punish them enough. It's it's pu- public shame right here, I think, is punishment enough for the Los no, Angeles No, no, Lakers. no, 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 no. This is Lakers. They don't have any shame, clearly. They wrote this, and they don't mind that it leaked. But they thought that was just for Paul George's ears only. Oh, come on. They now. thought it was going to be like almost like Mr. Deed setting up a date at Madison Square Garden, except you're doing it at Staples Center, and then you have the Jumbotron with this nice little montage of Paul George, except you put the Lakers jersey on it, and then you have Jamie Foxx reading this in the background. That's exactly what I envision when their pitch is trying to be made to Paul George. This is worse than the Knicks asking LeBron, getting Tony Soprano, this is like James Gandolfini and Edie Falco to say, help LeBron, you're our only hope in a Soprano-style video presentation in 2010. This is worse than that. I think one thing is abundantly clear. 
the the Los Angeles Lakers' inability to acquire big free agents might not have entirely been Mitch Kupchak's fault. Yeah, yeah. So with those contracts, I mean, when the only reason that you give Mozgov and Luau Deng and Jordan Clarkson all these big contracts is because who else can you? Nobody else wants to come there. You have to pay people to come to that. First question to Mozgov needs to be: What was your poem? What was your? <laughs> what did that look like? What was the free agency pitch and, like? And who was reading it? What What country is Mozgov from? Whenever when you were dreaming in Europe, when you were dreaming in overseas, we were dreaming of overpaying you too. And then eventually, this, this, this our goes organization down such coming a creepy, down. This goes down such a creepy rabbit hole. I'm I, I'm feeling uncomfortable right now. Luau Dang, when you were in Sudan. Okay. No, no, had, no, no. Leave we, Luol alone. That's we, what got Danny Ferry in trouble. Well, we had we had the same dream as well. Like it's just funny wherever these guys were from. Walker, the L.A. Lakers were dreaming. Leave, about it I don't feel comfortable about this. Leave this alone. What? What? With Lou Aldang being leave, from Sudan? again? This is what got Danny Ferry in well, trouble. I'm not going to throw anything. That's leave it alone. That's leave fair, it alone. Fair enough. Fair enough. We'll we leave. were dreaming too. <laughs> while you dreamt, we built. Built for your arrival. And while we dreamt, you built too. Building to dream, dreaming to build. We're building dreams. Please, God, come to Los Angeles. <laughs> we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll have the 26th best Charlotte Hornet and the 26th the best Charlotte beer of all time. It's Walker Mail, not Edwards. Doug Branson, you're listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. Main character for American Psycho was Patrick Bateman, which really confused me. I always thought that Jason Bateman was Patrick Bateman and that Patrick Bateman was Jason Bateman. (laughs) It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Welcome back to the Locked On Hornets podcast. Thanks for joining us today, discussing Mitch Kupchak's comments on Kimball Walker, also discussing some of the free agents that just might be out there. We'll transition now to the 26th best Charlotte Hornet of all time, the 26th best Charlotte beer of all time. We skipped that on Friday because of the news, of course, that the NBA draft brought to us. Miles Bridges being the 11th overall selection for the Charlotte Hornets, really being the 12th after they selected Shea Gilgis-Alexander, traded him to the Clippers in exchange for Miles Bridges at 12 and a couple of second-round picks, also bringing in Devontae Graham. So we thought that might be big enough news enough to stave off the 26th best Hornet in order to talk about the draft. But now it's here. Now I understand this is the thing that everyone has on their calendar. Every yes. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, this is the thing they look forward to the most. So we are here to give it to you today. Go Hornet first. Are you guys ready for the 26th? Absolutely. Let's go. I'm waiting, waiting with bated breath. Bated breath. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, wow. Okay, same you guys thing. have the same exact. Both you guys were both dreaming Double together. bated breath. The 26th best Charlotte Hornet of all time, according to Walker Mail. Okay. And my original list is Steven Jackson. Whoa. Whoa. Captain Jack. He makes an appearance in the top 30. Coming in at 26. I go to you guys for your thoughts. You already know I'm going to say he's too low. He's too low. You say that about everybody. You are a Charlotte Hornet fan. On When you get to some of these guys. Some of them, yeah. I mean, you're, you can't go negative one ranking with some of these. Like, you can only stay in the positive numbers. Every single person has been too low for you. He's so. too low. I think there are. Because especially if you put Raymond Felton on this list higher than Captain Jack, we're going to have some issues. There's going to be some furniture moving in here. No, well, huh. 
Get ready to rumble, baby. Well, listen, Raymond Felton's <laughs> legacy might not be done in Charlotte. Let me tell you that right now. It might now. not be. He might come in and give us a couple more good years at the age of 40. Look, Steven Jackson. Yeah, that's going to be his pants size, too. Steven Jackson. Yeah, it is going to be exactly his waist size. <laughs> Steven Jackson came in and gave him two pretty good years. You look at the years that he was here, it was part of it was one of the only two playoff appearances that the Charlotte Bobcats had. They mm-hmm. went to that playoff series against the Orlando Magic, the second best player for sure on that team behind Gerald Wallace. And Steven Jackson came in and, and really contributed. Had a player efficiency rating with his time here at about a little above 15, was a good three-point shooter, recorded the first triple-double in Bobcats history, and I was at that game against the Phoenix Suns. So yes. That was pretty cool to see Steven Jackson create history for the Charlotte Bobcats. But Steven Jackson, Captain Jack, a guy that I loved watching play for this team. It's just been one of my favorite players. I love his attitude. Like I, I've always loved him and his loyalty for his team. Like yes. you listen to him talk about the loyalty that he has to pretty much every single player that he's ever played for. Exactly. Like it, it's awesome that he would just run through a brick wall for anybody to come in, and that's exactly what you saw in the in the palace, uh, the malice at the palace. It was yes. Steven Jackson coming up for his boys, which not condoning that, but oh, I no, am condoning. I am. I am. Yeah, well, maybe. So I'm condoning the loyalty that he has to his teammates. So I, I loved Captain Jack. What what brings him down to this level? He's one of the more talented Hornets that mm-hmm. you're going to have on this roster. Longevity, again, it matters. It, it plays a part in this. He played for the Bobcats. He did see a playoff appearance, but it was only one playoff appearance, and they did not win a game. And again, it's not his fault. It just is the thing that comes with no, being Raymond a Charlotte Felton's Bobcat. And it, it, it's solely Raymond Felton's fault. Nobody else did it. It's just yeah. Raymond, Felton. Raymond Felton. So Steven Jackson comes in on this list at 26 with two years with the Charlotte Bobcats, about 140 games. And that's why I have him there. That's why I have him at 26. Walker, I can't believe you forgot the most quotable thing that any Charlotte Hornet has or Charlotte Hornet or Charlotte Bobcat has ever said. I the man said he makes love to pressure <laughs> in a Charlotte Bobcats uniform. That was an interesting. If, and it, mind you, if sentimentality <laughs> put put Mr. Uh, again, Kenny Gaddison <laughs> I can't get one that. spot oh, lower. Yeah. Then you gotta at least with that kind of quote, you gotta put him in the top fifteen. Who, oh, yes. who do we have a problem with? Kenny Gaddison? No, but again, if Kenny Gaddison's if Kenny Gaddison's sentimentality and all the stuff you said about Ken, Kenny Gaddison. Well, and playing three, four more years longer and having, you know, having all time ranks on here and Steven Jackson still finishing ahead of him a couple of spots. PJ Brown in between Kenny Gaddison and Steven Jackson. Exactly. No, but a couple of spots. The fact that it's even close. With the all-time quote in a Charlotte basketball uniform, should at least vault him to top fifteen. I'm sorry, I have to, I have to I have to put some minutes into this. Like the minutes are the biggest relevant thing here. Actually, logging some minutes here with the Charlotte Hornets. Doug agrees with me on and this. I, I, I love Stephen Jackson. Like where, where are you? Where are you on Stephen? I think he made love to minutes as well. I think he made love to pressure. He made yeah. love to minutes. It's a lot of things he made love to. Absolutely. Where are you, Stephen Jackson? Too low. You fine with where he is right now? I'm fine with where he is right now. I want to hear the rest of this list. I but well, you know, I understand we have to wait. We have to, you know, get through this list slowly. If we right. if we reveal too many at once, it's just going to be too much for people to handle. So I get it. I'm ready to talk about my beer. So I'm perfect. Well, let's, 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 let's do a recap real quick. Jason Richardson, 30. Marvin Williams, 29. Kenny Gaddison, 28. PJ Brown, 27. And coming in at 26, Mr. Steven Captain Jack Jackson. And that's who we have. That's your bottom five of this list. We've gotten through five players now. 
And on Wednesday, we'll go through the top 25 Charlotte Hornets of all time. Now that I'm thinking about it, I kind of wish we had collaborated and made him, wherever he fell on the list, coincide with Captain Jack, right. the beer in Charlotte. That makes sense. That That's makes OMB, sense. right? If I'm not mistaken. I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna reveal where it is on the list. That is OMB. That you can Google. That you can Google. <laughs> it might not be. I, listen, I edited this list that edited I stole. Did you take it off? Not Just, a Captain Jack fan, beer wise. I'm not gonna reveal anything that's on this list. You can try to You pry teased this us. We only asked questions exactly. after it. You're the one that brought this about. You again, crept the door the open. One, I'm sorry if I peek a little bit. Like, literally, how are you going to just tell us not to, to sample the meal? Like, literally, you're throwing out crumbs, and then you're asking us, oh, you can't have some. I make love to crumbs. You, you crept that door open, and I heard that see, noise see, you made, and I had to look in. that was a little bit in. too far, Doug. Had to take a pee. I don't like that. All right, Doug. Give us the, the, give us the 26 best Charlotte beer of all time. With the 26 selection in the Charlotte beer draft, I select St. Tuber Abbey Ale. <laughs> Another beer none of us have probably drank. Man, I need to, I need to get my palate a little bit more expanded. St. Tuber Abbey Ale is from Birdsong. It's available in October. One of these days I'm going to talk about a beer that people can buy right now. But until then, this I feel like they've been very seasonal, these yes. beers. Yeah. Well, that's the bottom of the list. I think you get seasonal beers get knocked down a little bit because they are only available at certain times. Makes whereas sense. year-round beers, I tended to... Uh, I tended to put these sure. up on my list. That now, I stole now, I, here, the here's the question I have with this list. Mm-hmm. Knowing what we know about this list that you got from Matt McKenzie, you mm-hmm. couldn't have just moved one down that we could have actually had a chance to sample like sometime within the next couple of months? I Listen, I respected the list that I read off the internet so much that I did not want to adjust it too much. Adjust it too much? Have you adjusted it at all? I don't feel like I need to answer that question. <laughs> Bird song available in October. Let me tell people about this St. Tuber Abbey Ale. You're yes, trying to distract me here. <laughs> While others make pumpkin beer in the fall, says Matt McKenzie, Birdsong uses local sweet potatoes and fresh clothes to create something that goes well with Thanksgiving dinner. It's a beer that you can pair with your Thanksgiving dinner. Although if you've ever been to Thanksgiving at my house, I like to pair it with hard liquor. <laughs> now, now now that we have this question i got i, I feel like i need to ask this mm-hmm. are y'all sweet potato pie folks or you pumpkin pie folks pumpkin pie folks sweet potato folk pumpkin pie sweet yeah. potato give me a look grape jelly put some grape jelly on it right really wait hold on for real absolutely not okay <laughs> i'm not putting grape jelly on you it. i'm going un- pumpkin pie culture it's about the fifth time i've been called that yes Uncultured. you are I like it. I no. like pumpkin pie. What What's the problem with pumpkin pie? Sweet it potato doesn't pie have good. the depth of flavor that sweet potato pie has. I don't, I'm not going to hate on sweet potato pie here, but I do like pumpkin pie better. While you dreamt. What if I read this in a Shakespearean voice? <laughs> While you dreamt, we built, built for your arrival. And while we dreamt, you built too, becoming one of the world's <laughs> greatest. God. That only sounds slightly less creepy, and that's only because it's Shakespearean. I don't know what the best way to read that to make that sound not creepy at all is. I don't. I don't. Is there any kind of way? No. There is some. That is some creepy dialogue that these guys are expressing. No. Nope. The Lakers have some a weird way to try to attract you. And somewhere in exile, Jimmy Buss is screaming, "You see, it's yeah. not my fault." Yeah. It's uh, man, front office doing some creepy things over there in L.A. Yeah. 
All right, we appreciate you listening today. Thanks for listen to, listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Locked On Hornets. Thanks again for listening. I'm Walker Mail, not Edwards, and Doug Branson here with you as well. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday. Wednesday.